Hey, I'm Adrian, and this is part two of episode three on the Living Filled podcast. Last time I talked about my attempts at perfectionism in my own life and how I learned that perfectionism is impossible. I talked about what the idea of perfectionism looks like, and I left off with the dictionary definition. Today, I'm hoping that we can find some answers. I want to offer you some hope when it comes to the struggle of perfectionism. I'm going to talk about action steps that I took and ones that you can try out in your own life. Here is part two of episode three on the Living Filled podcast. Let me give you real quick the dictionary definition of perfectionism, because we're talking about all these ways that perfectionism shows itself in your life, different ways it can manifest through these these symptoms, so to speak. Um, And these things can indicate that you're striving after perfectionism. But the dictionary defines perfectionism as the condition, state, or quality of being free or as free as possible from all flaws or defects. And I find that really interesting because it uses the word free in there. But when you're trying to be free of all flaws and defects, which is literally impossible for us here on earth, you're not going to feel free at all. Like you're going to feel so chained up and so uncomfortable and the furthest thing from free. Another way that perfectionism can show up in your life is taking life too seriously. And man, like this really goes along with like not wanting to offend anyone, not wanting to um, mess up in any way. Like you just stay inside the lines, but you don't even get close to the line. You just stay as far away as you can and you take life so seriously. And I'm laughing because this was me for literally 19 years. Um, And in the past year, I've been able to grow a lot from this and I don't take life as seriously now, Um, but I don't take life irresponsibly. I think there's a big difference between Um, being irresponsible and then just living loose. And so I've been able to just loosen up a little bit and not be so uptight. And y'all, it's been so good for my mental health, so good for my heart. I'm able to joke around a lot and I'm able to be okay if I don't make an A on a thing in school. Um, Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into that. But basically, (laughs) I've not made all A's recently and that's okay because I'm happy. I'm not expecting A's of myself anymore. I'm also um, trying to make sure I don't fail my classes, uh, but also like just remembering that life is about um, living real and living moment to moment. And in real life, we are going to mess up and we're not going to get everything right. And we don't need to take life too seriously because that, that causes us to make more mistakes, honestly, because we're just missing out on so much that this world has to offer because we're holding back and we're taking life way more seriously than it was meant to be taken. And so I'm not going to lie. Like I was kind of raised to be a people pleaser. Um, I was just in a lot of circles where it was expected of you to be polished and classy and professional and honestly, perfect. People didn't always say that word, but it was very much, um, very much an expectation um, of a lot of people that I grew up around and I did not have much of a private life growing up. I was a pastor's kid and the circles I was in had a lot of great people. I love all the people in my life so much, but 
these circles that I grew up in were pretty public. These circles were places where everyone knew everything about everyone. (laughs) And I think this can sometimes indicate a lack of boundaries in those circles and in the lives of the individuals that make up the circles. And that can be really unhealthy. And these were all super well-meaning people. And I've lived in lots of different places. So this isn't targeted just for one group of people or one person or one like place that I've lived in general. Um, This is a very vague thing. So I'm just throwing this out there, but just, I think this can be the case in a lot of Christian circles and maybe in the South and just, you know, just different stereotypes. There are circles where sometimes it's expected of you to be super perfect Um, Even if people don't realize that's what they're asking of you, the things that happen in the way that people respond and the requests that are made of you can often be, um, can often come across as demands for perfectionism. And so that was just kind of the way that I was raised. I didn't have much of a private life as a pastor's kid. I was very much uh, front and center in a lot of places, not even by my own choosing, but just by the fact that people were always looking to my family as a pastor's family. And I am so happy that my dad's in ministry. He is one of the most phenomenal pastors I've ever heard. So uh, look him up if you want to, Carl Poole. Um, he has some great sermons out there, and he's just been a great influence in my life and such a godly man um, and has really, really shaped me for the gospel and um, pointed me to Christ so much. So he's done a wonderful job. Him and my mom both have done a great job raising me, and I'm so thankful for it. Um However, just being a pastor's kid has had some challenges with not having much of a private life. People are always watching your family. People in church um, want to know everything about you, and your life is very, very public. And so from the time I was little um, until very recently, like I struggled with perfectionism because the more I messed up, the more I wanted to be perfect because I knew that people saw me messing up. And I really was an approval addict. So people have different addictions, and I might do an episode on addictions in the future, which would be um, very interesting and very eye-opening, but um, I've never struggled with a substance addiction, and I know there are so many different kinds of addiction out there, and substance addiction is the most common kind, but I was an approval addict. Like I was addicted to approval, and that fed my chase for perfectionism because I thought if I was perfect, then these Southern people, or because I've always lived in the South, by the way, um, I thought these people in the South or these Christians would praise me because, oh, I looked more like Christ. I was being perfect. And, oh, I, you know, fit the, um, the cultural, um, popularity, um, expectation because, oh, I was so polished and perfect. And so I've really had to undo a lot of those, um, learned patterns in myself over the past year. And I still have a ways to go for sure, but I'm so thankful for all the progress that I've made and, Um, Just how I've been able to realize um, for myself that I'll never be perfect and I'm going to keep messing up. Even when I have my own kids one day, I'm going to mess up with them. That doesn't mean I'm going to be a mad mom. That just means I'm going to be a real life mom. And so uh, this has just brought a lot of freedom to my life, both in the present and in the future. Um, And so to close, I want to share some practical points about things that have helped me because I have been able to unravel a lot of these unhealthy expectations that I put on myself. And there are some very real, practical, um, concrete steps that have helped me. And so I want to share those with you so that they can help you if you struggle with perfectionism, or you can share them with a friend or family member if you know somebody who really struggles to be perfect and just beats themselves up when they're not beats themselves up. Yeah. Sorry. I think I might've said that wrong, but Hey, I'm not perfect. So 
Yeah, if you know someone who beats themselves up when they're not perfect, um, this is for them. Or this is for you if you struggle with that. One of the main things that has helped me and something I would encourage all of you to do is to surround yourself with friends who won't leave your side. My friends who haven't left my side, even when I was performing the hardest, trying to be perfect, have been one of the biggest reasons that I am here today and that I'm able to speak on this topic and say to you guys that I've made progress, that I've moved forward instead of backwards in this struggle. These friends have called me out and they've been patient with me when I was chasing after perfectionism. They haven't rolled their eyes like some people and they haven't laughed at me because I was trying to be this perfect pastor's kid or trying to be this perfect Christian or trying to be this perfect girl or perfect friend or perfect whatever. You fill in the blank. Perfect student, perfect athlete, whatever. You fill in the blank. Um, But my real friends have stuck by me even when I was struggling the most, even when I was weighed down by this perfectionism. So find friends who can call you out when you are being perfect or trying to be perfect and friends who won't leave your side even when you are struggling with trying to perform and trying to get people's approval. Um, Secondly, protect your private life. Like I mentioned earlier, I was in a lot of circles where my life wasn't private enough, and I think that contributed to my uh, desire to be perfect because I knew that tons of eyes were on me all the time. And uh, I actually moved to Georgia last year, which I think I've mentioned before. I moved to Georgia and um, lived with a group of people for about seven months. Um, And there was a pretty big expectation in that group to um, let everybody know everything. And we didn't have much of a private life. And um, I grew so much while I was there and I learned so much. Um, But when I was living in that state away from my life here, um, where I live now, I did not keep much of my life private. And that was very bad for me and for those around me, honestly, um, because I think it's so important to protect your private life. That way, when you do mess up, the people who will encourage you and walk you through those hard times and walk you through those mistakes they can support you and be with you, but not everybody else has to know about it because people are just so judgmental guys. And honestly, like everybody does not need to know everything. And I think it's very toxic and unhealthy when a big group or a big circle knows everything about your lives. And like I said, I've grown up in circles like that since I was a little kid. Um, and I'm not hating on the church or hating on Christian circles because I am a strong believer. And I think Christian circles are super important, but I also think that your most, um, personal moments and most personal, um, parts of life should be kept private and kept to your inner circle. I don't believe in isolating yourself. I don't believe that anything should just be, you know, all on your own or just between you and God. I think it's good to have people who mentor you and keep you accountable, but um, I think it's good to keep your inner circle small and keep your life private. So that's one of the main points I would encourage you on when it comes to perfectionism. If you're currently in this struggle, as you heal, keep your life private. And as you heal and realize these things, Talk about it with your closest friends, but don't put that on social media. Don't share that with the world. Um, And I'm not trying to sound like a hypocrite because right now I'm saying all this on a podcast that I'm sharing with the world. But also I have to tell you guys, like there is so much about my life that you guys don't know. There's so much about my life that my social media doesn't know. There's so much about my life that really only the closest five or six people in my life know. 
And that's great. And that has helped me um, be able to lay down much of the struggle of perfectionism because the people that I love and trust the most know all the highs and lows and all the great, wonderful, amazing things about my life and all the hard things. They know the good moments where it seems like everything's flawless. And they also know about the imperfect moments and the struggles in my life. But because my life is private, um, I'm just, I'm so much happier. And so even though I get real honest on this podcast and I want to stay honest on this podcast and I want to be um, just open and upfront about things, there are also so many things that I'm not going to share on here. And so I'm, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite by saying, keep your life private while I'm here talking about a lot of my deepest struggles. Um, there are definitely still things in my life that you guys don't know, and I'm going to keep it that way. And that's okay. Um, and I just, I encourage y'all to do the same, find a trusted group of people with healthy people that you, um, love and know you can depend on and share your deepest parts of life with them. And then, you know, share normal parts of life with other people. Another practical step is be goofier. Okay. If you struggle with wanting to be perfect, make more jokes. Like I am dead serious about this. This is something that I've grown in a lot in the past year. And honestly, some of my jokes are sometimes a little edgy and my mom cringes or she plugs her ears or something. Cause she's like, Adrian, why did you just say that? Um, or my friends are like, Adrian, your humor is so cringy. Um, but that's fine because I'm happier now and I'm goofier and I'm making more jokes. And so, yeah, my jokes are often imperfect and I'm not like the funniest person in the room, but I'm not trying to be the funniest person in the room. I'm just trying to be a real person. And so part of me being real is like not taking everything seriously and just joking around more. So joke around more, take time to just have fun in life. Say no to certain serious times when you need to just go have a fun time. Um, and the last step is apologizing. Apologize when you mess up. That's something that has helped me so much in my struggle with perfectionism because when I've messed up, I've been able to apologize and move on. And I don't carry that mistake or mess up around like a weight on my shoulder. Um, Cause there were things y'all, there were things that I carried around for years, like things that I just little mistakes, even at like five or six years old that I just bore for years and years and things that I did in high school and things that I did last year where I like made a mistake. And then I would have flashbacks to it and I would feel terrible. Like I was just such a bad person all the time, just over a silly little mistake, stupid little things. But I like really, really struggled. And I think a lot of that was rooted in the fact that I was trying to be perfect and I just couldn't apologize and move on. I carried it like a weight. So something that's helped me a lot in this area is seeing really great people that I look up to apologize for their mistakes and move on. They brush it off their shoulders. They don't wear it like a weight on their shoulders. And so uh, I think that's something we can all practice when we do mess up, which we will, like I've said, every single day for the rest of our lives. When we do mess up, we can just pick ourselves back up, apologize, move on, and we never have to think about it again. And from a Christian perspective, I don't know what your faith is. And again, like I want you to listen to this no matter what you believe spiritually. Um, but my spiritual beliefs are Christian. And I believe that um, the cross of Jesus Christ paid for all of our mistakes. And so once we are sorry for them and we apologize, we can really brush them off our shoulders because Christ has already paid for those. And there's no reason for us to carry those burdens anymore. 
that, that is so freeing, y'all. Like that frees us from the chains of perfectionism. That frees us from the burden of feeling responsible for our lives and feeling responsible to be perfect and responsible for our culture, responsible for the circles that we're in. Um, when we're able to mess up and then apologize and move on and realize that Jesus paid for that, it is so freeing and it opens us up to so much joy and just a happy, chill life. It's so real and it's so good. Um, another thing that we can do, sorry, I might've said last thing. I have like two more things, but I'm really, really close to being done with this episode. Also, I might break this up into two parts because it looks like it's been over 30 minutes now and I really want to keep these episodes short. So I may break this up into two parts. That way you guys can listen, um, to shorter episodes and that will also give me something to release, um, in a little staggered effect. And that way I'll have some material to actually release and I won't go like a month without releasing stuff like I just did. Anyways, uh, last two things. First thing is our expectations really matter. We don't need to expect too much of ourselves. We don't need to expect a larger amount than we're possible of achieving. So I'm not saying be lazy and like lower your expectations so low or like your bar is so low for yourself and for others because then you're just going to live a trashy life, to be honest. Um, But at the same time, don't expect more of yourself than you're capable of. Uh, Something that uh, I've been talking about with some people recently is that it is so important to rest. Like it's important to work our butts off and be super hard workers, but we also have to rest. And if we want to continue to do good work and we want to be responsible and we want to be hard workers, we have to give ourselves moments of rest and in times of rest um, honestly, even days of rest. Like I think it's good to take a Saturday or Sunday to just rest and not work and not go off and do things, um, and stress ourselves out because we need to replenish ourselves so that we're able to go and do all the work that we should be doing. So it's good um, that we don't expect too much of ourselves, too much of an amount of stuff, but it's also good that we don't expect too much. Like we don't expect too often. Because if we're expecting a lot of ourselves too much of the time, then we're going to be also really weighed down um, because we're trying to plan the course of our lives. And y'all, we can't plan the course of our lives. We can make plans and we can be organized, but life is fluid. Like, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and random things happen all the freaking time. And one thing that can really um, help us not strive after perfectionism is just learning to adapt, learning to go with the flow and be completely okay. If plans get canceled, if plans get wrecked, if plans get changed. Lastly, 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 it's so important to adopt the mindset of Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, which I love so much, by the way, great movie, great movies, great series. Um, it's important for us to adopt the mindset of Ethan Hunt and just say, I'll figure it out. He says that all the time in the Mission Impossible movies. And that's actually something that I've found myself saying lately without even meaning to like quote him. But I'll figure it out is a much better response to stress and to big expectations and big plans that we need to make instead of, oh, well, let me sit down right now and work this out and let me do this or, oh, uh, I don't have a plan or it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. No we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as we go along. And it's important to make plans and be organized, but also like we'll figure it out. And we're not always going to know the answer to something. 
right when we're presented with that problem. Because Ethan Hunt didn't know the answer to a lot of the problems he was presented with in Mission Impossible. A lot of those things were unexpected. No matter how hard he could have tried to plan out his calendar or his schedule, like he never could have foreseen these things. And so he said, I'll figure it out. And what did he do? He figured it out. He always figured it out. And that's something that we can do in our own lives too. We can say, I'll figure it out and figure it out. Okay. We don't need to just say that. We don't need to make a promise that we can't keep. And we don't need to just use that as like a pat phrase that makes us feel better. We need to say, I'll figure it out and mean it, but have a healthy type of procrastination where if something's presented to us in a moment where we're not prepared or we don't know the answer, we'll say, I'll figure it out. We roll with it and we can put it off until we actually have the answer. Maybe that answer is tomorrow. Maybe that answer is next week, but we will figure it out if we um, are able to just chill like that and uh, not stress out about it and not try to be perfect. Well, that is all that I have on perfectionism. Uh, as future episodes come along, I'll figure it out. I'm not trying to make them perfect. And so I'll figure it out. I know what I'm talking about next. I'm talking about risk and risk-taking, and I'm so excited about it. Um, as far as the other episodes, I have no clue. I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And I really look forward to more episodes to come. And I'm so thankful that I could talk to you about perfectionism today and just be honest um, and give you a little bit of a look into my life and my own challenges with perfectionism. And I'm also glad that I could share with you that I've been able to overcome it in a lot of huge ways. And I've been able to change a lot. Um, I am living a much freer, happier life and not holding the standard of perfectionism over myself or over others. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on perfectionism. If this is something that you've struggled with, like, please reach out to me and we can talk about it. And, um, just like, um, share different experiences with each other and talk about what perfectionism is, how it manifests itself and what it looks like. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a great day. I hope that you're excited to talk about risk next and I will talk to you next time. Bye.